Would you all bow your heads and pray with me? Heavenly Father, we want to see you. We want to draw close to you. We want to know you in new and deeper ways. And we come to you this morning as your scripture says, reveal yourself to us. Show yourself to us. Remind us of your heart for us in all things. We thank you and bless you in Jesus' name. Y'all can take a seat. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be with y'all. My name is Matthew Scott. I'm one of the pastors here, and thank you for joining us on this holiday weekend. For those of y'all joining at home uh, or from away, uh, good to see y'all. I uh, hope your travels are going well and you're being safe. Uh, this morning, we're going to look at John 3 in a little bit, but I just wanted to give y'all a little background before we jump in. Um, I love that text uh, in those lines where it talks about drawing close uh, to Jesus and allowing us to see. And today we're going to talk about that uh, some. I was, I was listening to a podcast uh, a couple weeks ago with Brene Brown, and uh, she had a guest on who's an executive coach. His name's M Michael Brene Stainer, and uh, he has a funny accent. I think he's from Australia. And he talks about, in coaching, uh, what you do with folks. And he encourages us to be asking questions uh, and not giving advice. And so he walks Brene through these different questions that he asks. And I wanted to share some of them with you. Um, so he starts off with this basic, what's on your mind? And, um, and, and then he goes into a deeper uh, question, and what else? Which I thought was funny. And then he takes another step and says, what's the real challenge here for you? And so he and Brene talk through these different questions and they have a friendship relationship, but he also works with her kind of like a coach. And so they reference back to these conversations they've had where she is giving a, a, a perspective on what it's been like to work with him as a coach. So then at the end of the podcast, he says, why don't we walk through some of this together? And he starts walking her through this series of questions to model for the listener uh, what this looks like. And, and so she starts with what's on your, your mind and then digs into to what's else and then, and then what's the real challenge here for you. And she starts to discover in this line of questions what's actually going on in her life and starting to discover a little bit more of this. And she's realizing that she's prioritizing some things she probably shouldn't be prioritizing. And she's digging into it and she's kind of starting to get to the meat of the matter and she's excited, um, but it's still kind of up here in a surface level. And then he pauses and he asks his fourth question, uh, which is, what do you want? And then there's dead silence on the podcast. Now, uh, Ruth Ann, our music director, recommended this podcast to me, and she told me about this scenario where he asks a question and then it goes dead silent. And, but even though I knew it was coming, I still stopped and looked down at, at my phone and I thought, I've lost, like I've lost the podcast. And so I go back and listen to it, and there's a solid 20 seconds of dead air. And, 
where you realize this question of what do you want has just totally stopped her in her tracks. And, and she doesn't know what to say. So 20 seconds of dead air, and then she uses a filler word. She says, um. And then like another 10 seconds, and she kind of has this nervous laughter, and she says, I'm, I'm not really sure. And I, li I listened to it a few times a couple weeks ago, and then again, just so I could see actually how much time is left in it. And I realize how often we don't have people in our lives who come along and ask us these questions and take the time to slow down and just say, what do you want? So when Dinah asked me to preach on Nicodemus, I was familiar with the passage and I thought, oh, this is where Nicodemus comes to Jesus and says, what do I have to do to eternal, inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, you must be born again. Well, actually, when we read the scripture, you're going to find out Nicodemus doesn't even get all the way to a question. Um, it's one of these situations where Nicodemus shows up and says, hey, how's it going? And Jesus says, oh, you, you must be born from above. And we're all listening, going, what in the world is going on? But there's this reality that we see throughout the scriptures where God's coming to us with questions. And now my child's going to come up. <laughs> uh, we'll use that example later. She probably won't stay in the room without me. I might be having to hold her through the rest of the sermon. Um, but Jesus, uh, throughout the scriptures, sometimes he's coming to us with questions, and sometimes we're coming to him with questions. Um, but one thing I want to lay out for us today is that Jesus is always going to be a safe place for us to come. Um, there's a great line in, in the Chronicles of Narnia um, where they're asking about the lion. They say, is he safe? And they say, no, but he's good. Um, there's a reality um, when we come to Jesus that we can bring all of who we are. And we'll see with Nicodemus today. He comes at night. He comes under the cover of night in the darkness. And it's a safe place for him to come. And he can come with these questions. And he can come with these, ask these things. Um, but I want to invite us to think that the question he asks and the answers he gives are always going to bring us to a new place. Whenever we have an encounter, just like Laura, come here, baby. This is Elizabeth. It'll be easier if she just stays here. It's okay. Um, just like Laura was singing this morning, um, I want to be near you and I want to see you. When we see Jesus, we are changed and transformed. If you follow the progression of Nicodemus throughout John, you see this progression of his life. We see him first in John 3 coming and engaging Jesus. And you'll see when we read the text, he says, Rabbi, you are a great teacher who, who knows of the things of God. How else could you do these signs and wonders? So he's coming in faith. He's coming believing in Jesus. Later in John 7, we see him advocating with the rulers of the law for Jesus. And then finally in John 19, we see him preparing the body of Jesus for Jesus' burial. 
after the crucifixion. And most scholars believe this is John saying Nicodemus has kind of come full circle from someone who had come to Jesus at night, kind of under the cover of darkness, um, like when we're not really ready to be, in a sense, outed for our faith. But we want to come forward and say, I have these questions and I'm wondering, Jesus, can I talk to you? And Jesus receives him and honors him as well. So, John, if we could put the scripture up. So if y'all will join me in reading this scripture, this is from John 3. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. So, uh, I have to point out, it's comical to me as a pastor when you take a deeper dive into the scriptures, how often you do that, like a text for me this morning. Um, When you hear the text, you think, oh yeah, I know that text. This is what happens. And then you go back and read it and you think, you realize, oh, that's not actually what was going on there. Um, So I'd encourage us as we're quoting scriptures to to go back and read them in the context in a much deeper way. you see, as we said, Jesus is coming, uh, Nicodemus is coming at night. He's not really sure. He doesn't really want to be out and recognized um, for what he's doing, but he does want to come and he recognizes Jesus in these ways. And I kind of wish we had gotten to the question part. Like we just have the introduction and then Jesus jumps in quickly. I, I sometimes wonder what Nicodemus would ask. Um, he gets into the back and forth um, But there's a scripture uh, at the end of John 2 that immediately precedes this, where it says that um, Jesus knew what was in man, and he distanced himself from him. Uh, And I I love how it ends with that, and then it starts with him, this ruler of the law, this leader of Israel comes to Jesus to engage him, and Jesus is talking about heavenly things, and Nicodemus is talking about earthly things. And they just continue to pass each other in the night. Right, like they, they just continue to be on other pages. And I wanna encourage us and kind of warn us, there are times in, in my experience when we do come to God that the answers we get feel like this. It feels like, hey God, what is two plus two? And he says, a bushel of apples. You know, and you're thinking, I don't know where you're going here. Um, the encouragement of Nicodemus is, 
that in the end he starts to get it and experience it. And it's not from a it being explained. It's from, like Laura was singing this morning, an it being experienced. It's, it's Trinity Sunday this morning, and it's a day when we recognize and celebrate the triune, triunity nature of God, um, which if y'all were here early enough, you saw in the video. Um, Jürgen Moltmann is sometimes hard to understand, so I apologize, but he is a very wise man and does a great job of laying out what's going on there in the Trinity. Um, there is this reality for us that what Jesus is inviting us to is broader than just an explanation of heavenly things and earthly things. And if you see with Nicodemus, if we stay at that point of just this explanation of it, it it's not enough to get us there, right? As many people will say, this is not a, just a head matter. This is also a heart matter. And as we talked about with the pastors this week, we kept coming back to this phrase that I kept hearing us say is, this is something that has to be experienced. This act in the faith is not something that can just be taught and mentally understood. It has to be actively lived out. And I want to invite us to see that part of what Jesus is starting to introduce here is this divine reality of community that Moltmann talks about. So if, if we take a step back in the Gospel of John and we look at what John is doing, he starts off with John 1 where he's, Jesus is beginning for us saying, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was God and the Word was with God. He was with God in the beginning which takes us immediately back to Genesis and creation story and narrative. And what we're seeing from the beginning is that John is saying, this is Jesus the Christ, who is divine, who was there at the beginning. You, uh, through him, all things are made with him. Not, nothing was made that has been made, right? So we're seeing this divinity described about Jesus and John 1 paints this elaborate picture. And then John 2 starts right into that to say, and this is what that looks like on earth. And it affirms his divinity with his miracle, turning water into wine at the wedding of Canaan and Galilee. And then we see at the end of chapter 2, this verse that we're talking about, he knew what was in man. And that's after he's overturned the tables in the temple courts. So he's saying, John 1, I'm this wonderful divine presence who was with you in the beginning, calling back to all those Jewish scholars, what that means, and immediately they think creation. And then two, we're overturning the tables. This is an act of authority reclaiming God's sovereignty over the temple. After this celebration of turning water into wine, and then John 3, this teacher of Israel, this leader of the law coming and saying, I see who you are, and I see you do these signs, and I know that comes from God, and he doesn't get it at all. Jesus is saying, you're this great teacher and you can't even get the basics of what we're talking about with heaven and earth. And then he leaves in John 4 and he goes and talks to the woman at the well. He's talking to teacher, leader of Israel, and then Samarian woman at the well. These two could not be more different. It's the high lawgiver, the low outsider. Jesus is coming to both of them and telling them the realities of the kingdom of God for everyone. And we see this reality that this gospel 
this triune reality of who God is, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is here and it's for everyone. So when we talk about the Trinity, as you saw in the, in the video this morning, Moltmann starts off with this idea that Trinity is a mystery. And then he corrects it and he says, I don't see it as a mystery. He says, in the community with Christ, I call his God my God and call him Abba, dear father. And we start to step into and experience what Laura was singing about this morning. It is in community with Christ that we're no longer hearing about this difference of heaven and earth. We're starting to experience it ourselves. And this is what Jesus, this is part of what Jesus is laying out in this John 3. He's inviting Nicodemus to see a new way. It's not just the way of the law. It's the way of the full Trinity now with the spirit fully at work. And he's inviting him. He said, this birth must be from above. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit completely unified in community. And he's inviting Nicodemus and the woman at the well and everyone in between to this reality of this new kingdom that is here and is present at all times and is open and welcoming for all. He says, Moltmann describes the Trinity as unity as community. At the center of all things is this triune God, this relationship. Moltmann calls it a mutual indwelling. The church is the reflection of this. And Moltmann says the church should reflect the unity of community of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus is coming to proclaim in the kingdom and inviting Nicodemus and us to. And friends, if you find that confusing when you first hear about it, you are in exactly the right place. You are not alone. You are not missing anything. Nicodemus himself does not get it. One of my favorite realities of the scriptures is how often the leaders and authorities and even the disciples are used as the example of how to totally miss what Jesus is saying. I am constantly reassured by this reality that when I read the scriptures, I am confronted with other people who get it wrong just like I do. Miss the mark and miss the point of what Jesus is saying to us. But at the end of the day, it is not this understanding that matters. It is the fact that we return and continue to return to the Christ. And it is in that returning that we see revelation of who God is because we experience this in community. God is a God of love and love can only be experienced in relationship, not learned about. At the end of the video, Moltmann comes back to this scripture from John 17, where he's tying it all together for us. And this is where John is headed in the gospel. He says, Father, as I am in you and you're in me, let them be in us. Friends, this is the invitation to relationship. This is the invitation to community that transforms us, that informs us, that reforms us. 
This is the community of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Triune God. Unity as community. And this is where we find the discovery. Whenever you read John 3 from now on and see Nicodemus going away so confused, and you, like me, probably feel confused as well as to what Jesus is saying, I want to assure you that this is not the end of the story. Always remember for me John 19, where Nicodemus is preparing Jesus' body for burial. If we stick around, if we continue to show up, we will walk that same journey. So if many of this was new for you, and you're wondering what the next step is, I want to invite you to come back. I want to invite you to keep reaching out, even when it doesn't make sense. And not just for the head knowledge, but for the heart knowledge, for the relationship. One of the things we hear from people constantly is we are longing for that connection and relationship. Coming out of COVID, we miss that time together. So I invite you to come. Stick your toe in the water as you might have been doing with online worship. Call and find out about different offerings in our ministry areas. See about a small group you can be a part of. In the fall, we'll continue to have offerings where people can come and gather in community around meals to be with one another and connect. And I will assure you, we will have great teaching as we always do, but the relationships, the time together, the rubbing shoulders with other people and meeting them and seeing God in their lives, this will radically transform you. Friends, the journey does not always make sense, but as we continue to take the next step with Jesus, we discover more and more of who he is. Thank you for being with us on the journey. Would you pray with me? Good and gracious God, we bless you that you do not always make sense to us. And we thank you that that is okay. We thank you, Lord, that you are always with us, that you never leave us or forsake us, that you have a good and great plan for us. And Lord, that you invite us to community with you. Father, for our friends for whom you do not make sense, I pray peace in their questioning trust in your coming to you and knowledge that they are always, always, always welcome in your presence and in this place. And I pray that we would be a place where the lost can come, where people with questions feel at home, and those who need a gentle touch or a warm relationship know they can always come here. Father, we bless you and thank you in Jesus' name.